everybody. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. With me, as always, is uh, George Rogers. He gets no fancy introduction today because... That's fucking disappointing. Fucking, yeah, the day I've had, you can't yeah. give me a fancy introduction? You'll get one for <laughs> episode 100. Ah, yes. And uh, joining us today um, for uh, for this... Uh, this review obviously we called an audible you're not getting terminator 2 we decided we're going to do ghostbusters after afterlife um and joining us today is a uh, another massive ghostbusters fan um guy is sitting in his collecting room right now filled with ghostbuster stuff and um, and uh he's uh one of our our longest old-time friends uh you just heard him say oh yeah like the kool-aid man it's uh it's eric sanderson my friend how are you good man how are you guys not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, been throbbing all day. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys uh, having me on for this. I look forward to this one. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, I was doing a little uh, uh, rehashing of when we did Ghostbusters one and two, and uh, I actually had said on the podcast for Ghostbusters one that had we not done Ghostbusters one, literally, like pulling it out of a hat, we would have had you on. So. I uh, yeah. said we should probably have a moment whenever we do this. So it's worked out perfectly. Yeah, <clears throat> no, it's good. I'm glad. So, um, so yeah, so uh, everybody, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out last week um, and it was spectacular. And um, it was everything it was supposed to be and more. And I couldn't have been happier with the movie. Uh, before we get into the review, uh, I'll let George and Eric tell give their initial thoughts um, on the movie before we kind of get rolling in on the breakdown the usual spiel so um quickly uh i i made it i did not hide it at all that i i teared up at the end of the film um when the original three members the living members showed up and then of course we saw spoiler the uh the ghost of egon spengler um it got to me and um yeah it was it was, it was beautiful uh literally um you know and i said this we we did a uh kind of a retrospective of the franchise last night on another podcast biggie garangy um, and I said that this was the movie that Jurassic World and The Force Awakens wanted to be. This is the movie that's bringing us back to Ghostbusters. It's the olive branch to the fans after the 2016 fucking abortion that we got um, slapped, to the, spit to the face. It was not even a slap. It was a spit in the face to the fans of this franchise. And uh, this it is, was like someone shit in the hand and then threw it in the faces of uh, fans. I would actually rather that happen to me than, than uh, spitting in the face is extremely... Yeah, extremely bad so yeah um but i loved it i thought the movie was phenomenal and uh eric you're the guest so i'll, I'll allow you to uh give your initial thoughts first off god all right uh no man i uh, i've seen it twice already i uh i plan on seeing it a third time this weekend um uh the whole time i you know i kind of had an idea what the whole movie was going to be about after they announced the, the yeah, movie I don't title think it was, you know? uh, i don't think it was going to be a great sequel yeah. of what they were going to do yeah but. yeah no um but just watching the cast and uh the way they developed and the whole story i thought the story bridged the gap between the first two movies and just didn't even acknowledge the 2016 movie was great um like you said i also cheer, uh cheered up very much so when i saw egon come up behind and help her stand her ground and then help you know fight off you know gozer and then uh then when you see you know everyone just kind of look at him later and they're like they kind of apologize to egon and mm -hmm you know, say their stories and stuff. I lost it even a little bit more just because, you know, I'm such a diehard Ghostbuster mindset. It was just very touching, you know, and I, I've, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with the movie. Mm. I don't understand why some people are bashing it a little bit, but I don't get like, yeah, like Brett, fuck you. 
I'll yeah. call him out. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he don't listen but, anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll call him out. Next time I see him in person, I'll call him out. Yeah, we got uh, we got a huge argument about it on uh Facebook Messenger the other day. We we're good. we're probably going back and forth for a good half an hour about it. Good. He's an idiot. He's I, a fucking idiot. I, I'm surprised, <laughs> le- legitimately. Like I, I said to him on one of his comments, I'm surprised he didn't like this movie. As much as like a nostalgia whore as he is, I'm shocked that he, he didn't like this movie. He said that the the jokes were cheesy, uh, it was boring, uh, the story just dragged on, and that the cast, the the kids couldn't act in the in the movie. That was his basis for everything. And I was like, were we watching the same movie? He's got the, the worst. He's got the worst. Cheesy. He's got the exactly, worst. Exactly. Co- he's, he's got the worst movie taste in the world, anyway. So every time, <laughs> like, like whenever Phoebe said like one of her corny jokes, it was intended to be cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, like that's Amy burst out laughing, and one of them acted like Dean when he saw the amazing Jonathan. Just a lot of people laughing. I think a lot of people forget that Ghostbusters one is not an out and out comedy, it's dry humor. Yeah, it's it's not like it's not like Ace Ventura where it's it's over the top, like this is supposed to be a comedy, it's subtle, dry humor, and that's what we got in this one. Actually, I think this movie was funnier than the original. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Because I think this I think this was a little bit more of a comedy than the original was. The original was is kind of a serious movie with some lightheartedness to it. Yeah. I mean, was it perfect, perfect? No, there were some, you no. know, some parts I was Started just kind of like, slow. Yeah, but even still, like the part where they're, you know, spoiler, they were testing out the, the proton pack and all of a sudden munchers there. You know, like that just seemed kind of weird. But then again, you look at it the first one though. That was sitting with Slimer, but you know, they got a call and then so I mean. I don't know. I think people are just being a little too harsh. I think so too, especially with with some of the the movies out there, like like Jurassic World and The Force Awakens got because I compare this to them because it's kind of the same style movie. It was supposed to be like a slight rehash and and like a reboot of the franchise. And this is so much better than both of those movies, like hands down. And those movies got praised, where this oh, yeah. is getting completely shit on. And it's like this is such a better movie though. It's so much more of a respect to what came before than the other ones well that well that was yeah. like what we, we talked about with like jurassic world and the force awakens and this one here those two movies lacked any real heart like you could tell that it was just like it was made it was made yeah but like this here there were so many callbacks and there was a personal connection to the original movies that those movies that like the force awakens and jurassic world really didn't feel like they had yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. I mean, yeah. Dean, you've said it yourself that the, the, that the biggest travesty in the sequel trilogy is that we never got the big three back together. On yeah, and they 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 did it immediately in this. Well, not immediately, but you know what I mean. Like, if this is the start yeah. of a new uh, a, a new franchise within the original timeline of Ghostbusters, they did it in the first fucking film, bringing back the living the the surviving members of of the actual Ghostbusters team. You know. Um, and- and the next part would be Jeanine. to bring back Rick, Roman- Rick Moranis. If that can happen, yeah. woof, let's, let's come on now. I mean, you, gotta, you know, even Janine being in there at the beginning of the movie was yeah. was epic. You know, like, and I thought that was a great way how they had her come in as part of the of the movie was just someone who was just kind of like looking over his finances and stuff like that. I thought that was perfect because yeah. we all you know, we all knew that like from the first movie it was kind of implied that she was always romantically interested in him. Mm-hmm. You know, until she slept with so Tully. I know <laughs> that guy gets around. Yeah, I mean, that guy got around. Yeah. So, uh, so George, what, your initial thoughts. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I said them on Biggie, guarantee my initial thoughts, but I'll say here for the three people that don't listen to both podcasts. Yeah, this movie had everything I expected and then more. Like, I didn't even know, like there were things that would happen. I'm like, like, this is like, this is really good. Like, this is a really good story that they've, <clears throat> that they've written for this and they clear that they spent some time on it and that it's more of not so much as making a, a, a another movie for a money grab. This was done for the fans. This is a hundred percent done for us to be like, Hey, you're still out there. We haven't forgotten about you. Here's this. <clears throat> and as I said before, I think we should probably thank Paul Feig for making that garbage ass fucking remake because Jason Reitman probably never would have been motivated to make this if that movie didn't come out. Mm-hmm. And and Eric, just like you, like that final, uh, like the like the final twenty minutes of the movie, I was I was just like a weeping mess. Yeah, I mean it, it it hit just every every sensitive feeling that you have that you've had with the franchise. It it just it touched on them all. You know, seeing the the, the three back together, Egon's ghost materializing, and then just like getting him in some sort of form in this movie. Um, you know, the, uh, the, you know, Ray apologizing, saying, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you. And, and, and Winston getting sentimental over the Ecto-1 saying, you know, oh, what happened to your door? We'll take you back and fix you up, you know? And then the big thing for me was, was Egon kind of reconciling with his family, you know, when they were, yeah. you know, got to meet and hug him like that, that killed me. I was like, all right, I'm, I, I guess this is happening. I guess I'm yeah. like a child in this movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So but it um, was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So let's uh let's start talking about it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off the stats like I usually do, and then George will break it down. You know the you know the uh you know the gist, everybody. All all fucking one one of you. Thanks, Dad. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh all right. Uh Ghostbusters Afterlife uh released well, it was released at CinemaCon in August 23rd, 2001. Uh hit the United States. Uh, November 19th, 2001. Uh, Eric and I both missed out on the opportunity to see this movie at New York uh, Comic Con. Uh, Eric, oh, didn't get into the, Eric didn't get into the panel. I did, but since I took the train up, I couldn't stay late enough because one of the trains here in, in gay-ass New Jersey doesn't run that late, so I had to leave. So I yeah. could have watched this movie and been like, ah, hi. And, and then like dropped a, dropped a bag of shit off at Eric's house just to <laughs> rub it in even more. So, um... So uh, yeah, so um, with a on a budget of seventy five million dollars, uh, and currently it's sitting at uh, I have it right here at sixty eight point five million dollars worldwide as its box office. So it almost has its uh, production budget back, and it had a twenty percent bounce between Monday and Tuesday. So I'm curious to see because uh, obviously Tuesday's five like you know five dollar movie day. So um, and we got a uh, and we got a holiday weekend coming up. So this yeah. so this could see a, a really a, a really big resurgence in the cockroach. Uh, the cockroach community thanks um <laughs> directed by uh jason reitman produ- uh written by gil keenan Keenan, keenan uh, and jason reitman uh produced by ivan reitman um music by rob simonson uh based on ghostbusters by dan Aykroyd, harold ramus and ivan reitman and starring carrie coon finn wolfhard mckenna grace phil rudd logan kim phil rudd paul rudd i'm sorry yeah him too the drummer of acdc uh, <laughs> I met Paul Rudd too. I shouldn't be messing his name up. Because you know what? Fuck him. He messed my name up when I when I met him. He was like, uh, he was like, what? He, I was like, 
yeah i was like hey paul rudd i'm excited for ghostbusters he's like oh that's great he's like what's your name i was like dean he's like bean I was like no dean he's like oh dean cool and that was the that, that sounds like him that yeah. sounds just like him he was great uh but i made it apparent to say that i was excited for this movie when i met him uh because i'm sure he gets enough of you know ant-man and stuff like that so i was gonna tell him i loved him in halloween six but i would afraid he would tell me to leave and not take the photo with me um <laughs> so he's like i'm uh, taking this back yeah <laughs> uh celeste o'connor is lucky and then of course you ha- we had the cameos of bill murray dan Aykroyd, ernie hudson annie ponce and scorny weaver uh and jk simmons is evo Shangor, and olivia wilde was goes to the gazarian and uh bob gunton eric you may know bob gunton as uh the guy from uh demolition man Oh, God. Um, and the dude who also got his esophagus crushed by John Travolta and broke an arrow with the flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah, is he... that what you go to? Why don't you go to like, the movie he was in? Because Broken Arrow is a great movie. So, uh, so he but did. He, did he, was the, uh, he was the body double for the opening scene uh, for, for Egon. Uh, now that when I read that the other night, I was like, yeah, I can see it. It, it looked, yeah, I can, yeah. I can totally see it. So, yeah. Uh, so, George, you, uh, oh, wait. Let's go fucking gay ass Rotten Tomatoes. So currently, I do this with all the current movies that we uh, we review. Currently, it's sitting at a 62% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, all, uh, um, Critic. Yeah, cocksucker score. Um, yeah. And uh, 95% for audience score. So, But you know what, though? 62% is like, I think, the same as Aquaman. So as long as that tomato stays uh, a nice plump red, uh, you won't hear too much bitching. I mean, it should be higher, but you know, I you agree. It could be a little bit higher. But, uh, all right, George, you want to take us away? Yeah, I got it. By the way, this, this, uh, this plot on Wikipedia, I've been checking it periodically just mm-hmm. kind of because I knew we were doing I was like, let me just kind of get this down. Uh, it has changed every day that I have gone in here. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I'm like, ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all, right, all right, here we go. 32 years after stopping the despotic spirit Vigo, the Ghostbusters have disbanded after a decline in supernatural activities in New York City. Egon Spengler has relocated to Somerville, Oklahoma, where Gozerian cultist Evo Shandor's mining operations are located. Egon captures a bestial entity from one of the mines, aiming to lure a more powerful entity to his farm to trap it. When the trap fails, he runs inside his farmhouse, hiding the ghost trap in a secret compartment located beneath the living room floor. Egon struggles with an entity similar to his cap, similar to his captive before his quarry, and suffers a fatal heart attack. So, the opening is basically just it brings us up to speed on what happened to Egon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's quick. It's to the point. It's a lot of it's a lot of quick shots. We don't see his face for obvious reasons because Harold Ramis has been dead since 2014, so it's clearly not him. Um, but it, it kind of rather than just go oh he died like we see sort of how or why at the very least like we don't yeah. see that struggle but it's i mean considering what comes out of the trap later it's more than likely that that was either vince clortho or azul that was in the trap mm. i'm thinking it was probably vince clortho yeah. um just off of a couple hints that we saw earlier or later on in the movie yeah um, i was this is what actually surprised me about the movie because i knew they were going to obviously have to address his his passing um, but I didn't think we actually would like see it. I figured the movie would start with like, you know, oh, you know, Egon had passed. Basically, how it kind of you know did after this, where she found out that he had died and stuff like that. I figured I actually didn't think we'd get this opening scene. But you know what? I was uh, I was okay with it. 
Yeah, I actually liked the uh, opening scene. It was it was a nice way to give you an idea of what you're going to be you know in store for, and it was nice kind of seeing Egon ask you know what he was up to, you know, and, and yeah. what what was going on. It kind of helped build the story perfectly. I thought. It also surprised me a little. Well, I was surprised. I was kind of like pleasantly surprised. Uh, a surprise to be sure, but a pleasant one at that. That um. The, the, like Egon is still like very physical and running and driving. You know, he he flipped that truck, but still got out of it and ran up to the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that that clearly his age wasn't uh, wasn't affected by it. He was still active and keeping fit. Like probably like probably more physical than we've seen really any of the Ghostbusters. Like throughout yeah, the movie. that's true. Mm-hmm. Like this was yeah. something I like. Like this is the Egon that we essentially would have gotten in the video game. Yeah, yeah. I can see Not that. Like, yeah, that's so. I mean, I was, I, I was surprised by, it. and also I got, I immediately started getting kind of choked up with it too. I was like, oh, I was like, we're gonna start early, aren't we? I was like, it's just gonna be this yeah. entire movie is just gonna be seen through tears. But I thought it was very well done. It was right to the point. It was, you know, it was, it was all killer and no filler, as far as I'm concerned. Well, legitimately killer. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Well, you, you, you set me up. All right, go ahead, George. Oh, we lost him. No, I'm still here. No, I, had to, okay. I had to. I had to. Get Eric, the- I don't know if you know this or not, but I lose George a lot on these podcasts. <laughs> all right. So yeah. I'll be I'll be doing something else on the computer, and all of a sudden I'll be they'll be silent. I'll be like, oh, I gotta I gotta well, vamp real fast. <laughs> Comcast, you guys know how it is. Uh-huh. They decreased my bandwidth because I was three days late paying a bill, and they never increased it again. But yet they're still charging me the same amount. Oh, that's so. nice. That's fair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. And I saw a, a Verizon truck outside my work the other day, like advertising. I'm like, why don't you write on there uh, the the real reason that you can't get it anywhere? So stop stop pitching it because you can't get it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I dig- but I digress. Callie Egon's estranged daughter and her two children, Trevor and Phoebe, are evicted from their city apartment and moved to Egon's farm, which is left to Callie. I don't think it is expressly says where they were, but I'm almost positive that they were in Chicago. Yeah, her license plate had Illinois on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's Chicago, as the as the two of you know, Bill Murray is a big Chicago guy, as is Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis. Like, the, yeah, like, yeah, because they all started there. So, yeah, they had a big like uh, comedy isn't, trip up there um, in Chicago. Isn't Ackroyd from Chicago too? Ackroyd's from Canada. No, he's he's from Canada, man. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Ackroyd's Canadian. You knew this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you were yeah. today years old when you remembered that. Yeah. He's, <laughs> but I thought he was a Cubs fan. I don't know, actually. Well, I mean, what is he gonna he's from Ontario. He might be a Blue Jays fan. Yeah. Maybe he's an Expos fan. Nobody's an Expos fan. You are. True. He's an every team fan. Hey, hey! Baseball's only got two teams. For now. Well, I'm, I'm like Chris, who likes the Mariners randomly. All right, let's. <laughs> Trevor meets a local girl, Lucky, and gets a job at a di- at the diner where she works. It's hardly a diner; it's like a Stewart's. Phoebe is enrolled in a summer science class at a local middle school. Her mentor is eccentric seismologist Gary Gruberson, whom Callie later dates. Janine Melnitz informs Callie that Egon has left enormous debts, and the house and land are worthless. So we, yeah, we obviously we just got kind of like that filler, like, hey, you're being evicted, which kind of brings them to Somerville. Mm-hmm. And it's nice, 
like small quiet town in the middle of nowhere kind of like something you'd see in tremors or whatever just forgotten a, a, a town that probably has a general store you know kind of like columbus Eric, you yeah know. yeah yeah um yeah and then they pull up to house and they got the um the revelation 612 is written on the the i guess the scrap that is right outside the driveway i guess mm-hmm. it's a as I mean, that's not the only uh, time it's, it's also not the only time it's going to show up in, in the movie. So it's yeah. kind of letting us know, like where this movie is going to go. Like we know, hey, Gozer is going to kind of come back, and this is like your hint. Like this is what's going to happen. Like they didn't, they didn't shy away from it. We knew it was happening in, in every trailer we saw. Like we knew it was yeah. coming. So it was really not too much there. But then they you know, get in the house, and it's it's falling apart. It's just a random farmhouse. One thing yeah, I did I mean, like. Was the symmetrical book stacking in the living room? Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you got a big kick out of that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that immediately. I, yeah. I looked at as soon as it happened. I looked over at Amy. I was like, "No human would stack books like this." <laughs> did you see the toaster in the kitchen? By the way, I didn't like see that. the toaster. Uh, no, I didn't either. Did you did Did you notice it on your first watching, or did you catch on your second? No, second watch. And I only knew that because you know I read some of the the stuff saying like, "Look for this, look for that," and that's. You know, but yeah, I wasn't looking for it first. I was just too enamored with everything else. Yeah, this is gonna be one of those things where, like, I can't wait till it gets released on uh on home media, so I can just sit there and be like, all right, now let me see if I find this or find this, just to get all the Easter eggs because I'm sure they throw I mean, some are pretty blatant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the like the, the Twinkie, the yeah, Twinkie. the Twinkie, the yeah, the, Twinkie. The, uh, cr- the crunch, the crunch bar. She finds that in one of the I, I actually, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of teared up when I saw the crunch bar. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how long that crunch bar has been sitting in his pocket, but I like to think he I just kind of came back and buying crunch bars. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. I love a good crunch bar. And yeah, I can't wait to, uh, I'm gonna scour this movie when it comes out on home, home video. I'm gonna try to, I might see it again in the theaters, like on a $5 movie day, but, um, Definitely, when I can get it on 4K, I'm going to scour this thing, like pausing frame by yeah. frame to see what there is. Yeah, yeah. I might go catch us again Friday morning, since uh, nice. I'm actually off on a Black Friday. Oof, that. Yeah, only took 17 years. Yeah. Um, and then I like the Janine showing up. You know, she was. I don't. It was never really. We assume that she's just kind of watching over. Um, over Egon's estate, or maybe she was just kind of watching his finances. I mean, I don't need, because even at the end of the movie, she's talking to Winston. I wonder if she works for Winston's company. I think so. That's what I was getting the impression of. I was thinking that's what she was doing, you know, because, you know, Winston is come into a lot of money, and, you know, Winston implies that he paid for Ray's store. You know, he pays the rent for Ray's store. Yeah. I'm He'll assuming he's doing this. Money. Yeah, I'm assuming he's he was doing the same for Egon, too. He was paying for the farm and everything else, you know. Like I know they said Egon had a mountain. Of, I know they said like Egon had a mountain of debt when he, uh, you know, when he passed. But I would yeah. assume after the events of this movie, it was probably all been paid off. Winston's yeah. probably like, "Here's a blank check. Write a number in there. I've got enough." Yeah, it was good to see Winston was the one that came in the money because he, when he was the everyman in the original two movies, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I, if there's a paycheck involved, I'll believe anything you say. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I, and I like that they're uh, like. Well, we'll get to it at the end. I'll, we'll, I'll talk about it later. Go ahead and continue. Yeah. yeah. Do it! <laughs> Thanks, Paul. 
Phoebe discovers the house is haunted and finds a PKE meter under Egon's chair. An unseen ghost leads her to a to the hidden ghost trap, while Trevor finds and repairs the dilapidated Ecto-1 vehicle. Lucky takes Trevor to an old mine shaft for their friends, where they encounter a glowing apparition. Phoebe shows the ghost trap to her new friend, Podcast, and Gary reveals he is an aspiring Ghostbuster, conducting his own investigation on Somerville. I don't remember him saying he was an aspiring Ghostbuster. He definitely was not an aspiring Ghostbuster. He was a fan. Like he was, an, you know, like an enthusiast. Like he liked Ghostbuster. He yeah, just... that's because I'm every now, every time that this update, every time this the, this plot has changed on here, like the wording has changed, it always leaves in that he says he was an aspiring Ghostbuster, but yeah, he never really. He's, he, no, he, never he was. Said, I mean, he's 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 clearly a fanboy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was. He, a, he wasn't a seismologist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he was a seismologist because he was like he's there because he's like you know there's all these earthquakes, but. There's, you know, it's not on a fault line. Yeah. So, as Waxman says here, despite not sitting, despite not sitting on epicenter, the town has been consistently experiencing strange earthquakes, which he suspects have a supernatural cause. Gary, Phoebe, and Podcast tamper with the ghost trap, and the bestial entity revealed to be one of demigod Gozer's minions escapes into Shandor's mind. Uh, I absolutely love that scene where they're fucking around with the trap. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Paul Rudman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I love it. And, I and this is something, and, and Eric, this is something I actually talked about on uh, on our on the Big Geek Energy episode that we did last night, was that Paul Rudd basically plays the role of people like us now, like in our thirties. Oh we yeah, Ghostbusters, and we're massive fans of it, and we geek out every time we see, you know, you know, like the proton pack, or you know, or an, or an Ecto one is revealed underneath the tarp stuff like that like that's like that's us now and yeah. then podcast is like us when we were kids yeah 100 like, you know he like his he believes all the stories you know because he's a massive like conspiracy nut he believes all the ser- all the stories he knows it's a trap and he's just like yeah we got to open this and, you know he, they're all for it and uh and one of the best parts and this is actually one of the re- this is one of the good jokes i actually like in the movie Dean, what are you doing? Not today, my good friend. I'd like to buy it. Do you take cash, ching? What? what? <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. Well, we, can get it another time. We, we did Wayne's World already. Yeah, we did. I know. Anyway, continue. Not too. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, one of my favorite jokes is, is after the ghost uh, escapes the trap, <laughs> and they're like, we should, and Paul Rudd's like, we should get out of here. And Phoebe's like, but you're an adult. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and liable. <laughs> I'm and the fact I didn't get the guy who uh, was dressed up as a Ghostbuster from Monster Mania ten years ago to be in the oh, fuck that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, that's he, me now though. Sadly, hopefully, dead. Eric. The next time you go to Monster Mania, his ghost is going to come down and help you, uh, help you, help you buy an autograph. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I don't. I mean, I mean, I'm. I, I think I'm the only one out of the three of us here that's back to the uh, has lab proton pack thing like it's a full scale one-to-one uh proton pack you know like is it still open? I, I, oh yeah dude it's open until the 12th of uh, december it's like 400 bucks that's actually it, not comes, bad. With, it comes with lights sounds uh, everything and then you can it's gonna have uh, the option to do it as uh, the 1984 pack or do it as the afterlife pack um and then there's levels that they're gonna unlock and really yeah. and if you brought the wand like the 
the Spangler one previously, you know, that was available. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the first tier is already unlocked. So that's the hose that connected from the pack to the wand. So now it's a complete proton pack. So slime pack. And it's, that's... yeah. And it, well, the funny you say that, uh, if you were a prime member for uh, Hasbro or whatever, mm -hmm. um, it came with a slime pack where you could have slime, like uh, things put onto the pack. Oh, I, I, think I think the I next that, yeah. fucking great. Yes. Yeah. So, so the next one, the next year right now is, which I think you know, needs like eleven thousand people, and I think it's already at twelve. I mean, at ten, I think it's like ten thousand two hundred some people already. Uh, is marshmallows? So it's like the melted marshmallow, and it comes with the new mini Stay yeah. Puft marshmallow. Guys. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Uh, so <laughs> I'm hoping. I mean, I hope it gets all of them because that'd yeah. be awesome. All the, all the stuff it looks really cool. So. But for yeah. 400 bucks, it's totally worth no, it. No, yeah, the Hasla stuff's pretty cool. I hope it gets back because uh, they're doing one for the Rancor for the Star Wars Vintage Collection, and it's losing backers actually. Because, really? Because the add-ons are people aren't happy with like the the tier level unlocks. That's super, super actually, yeah. Because I actually wanted to back it um, because it's got yeah. some it's got some figures I want that comes with it. You know, they'll probably release them down the road. I wouldn't mind the Rancor, but I hope the uh, I hope the uh, Proton back. Well, the packs. The it, uh, pack was meets a, it, the meets uh, backer count. So well, the backer count only needed seven thousand originally, so they're oh. over that. So they're oh, they're already, okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, good. so it's already been greenlit. So now it's just a matter of just unlocking things, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah, which seems cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, mm -hmm. so. go, George. Yep. The ghost leads Phoebe to an underground lair where Egon kept his equipment. Realizing the ghost is her grandfather, Phoebe repairs Egon's proton pack under his direction. She and Podcast test it the next day when they encounter Muncher, a metal-eating ghost. But Muncher initially escapes capture and flees into Somerville. After Phoebe informs Trevor that they are descendants of a Ghostbuster, the trio chase Muncher in the Ecto-1 and successfully capture him. However, the police arrest him for property damage, confiscating the Ecto-1 and other Ghostbusting gear. Phoebe calls the Ghostbusters number and reaches Ray Stans. He explains that when Egon's teammates doubted his belief in the coming apocalypse, he then stole the car and gear and moved to Somerville. Cool. Um, I know, like before you, you start, that, George. Before you yeah, start, yeah. what I'm going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to send you guys new links so we can because uh, we only got seven minutes left. So on this, and okay. then, uh, so we'll be back in two and two, everybody. All right, we're back. Where were we? Meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom, mm -hmm. um, I had just mentioned Phoebe testing out the pack after she had fixed it. <clears throat> um, I mean, it was pretty much a given to us that the ghost that was helping her was Egon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and when they and when they got to the underground lair, I mean, right there, it was just like, like there were just so many things or like Easter eggs that was you know he, she found the suits with the uh, you know with the crunch bar in the pocket the shelf that had the spores, molds, and fungus on it to mm -hmm. show that Egon is still an avid collector. Yeah, and I like plus, all those little, those little Easter eggs. Yeah. Like, so, because when, when it went down, I leaned, I leaned over to Amy, I was like, it's spores, molds, and fungus. And she was like, what? I was like, remember? And she's like, and balloons. <laughs> Don't you want a balloon? Um, I really liked you know, that she was fixing the pack and, and not at all freaked out that essentially there was a ghost helping her pick, the, pick, pick this back because she said early in the movie she didn't believe in ghosts <laughs> yeah yeah but um, i think she had an, i think she had an inkling of like you know it, it was friendly and that it was something more than just a normal ghost you know like she felt like a connection with it yeah and uh 
when they're out in the field testing the pack, I got like I got a little bit of a uh, um, of a feeling of the first movie when she was testing the pack, and she like melted the that little stand. <laughs> that yeah, was great. It was, yeah. like, after she was done with it, I fully expected podcast to go nice shooting text. Hey, so question for you guys. Uh, when she first went into the shed and saw the pole to go down, did any of you in your head go, hey, does this pole still work? I said it out loud. Uh, oh, dude, yeah. No, same. same. And I love that it was a pole that it's like he I know. went down, you know, instead yeah. of like a you know, steps or a ladder or whatever. I was no, like, like a oh, secret this is door cool. or some shit. Yeah. And I know it's I, I know it's like a little thing and it's probably just like coincidental, but the sound of her going down the pole is exactly how it sounded when they went down in mm-hmm. uh, in the in the other movies. Like and, I don't know if that was you know just like a coincidental or if that was like an intentional little Oh that was definitely intentional uh, for sure. Oh yeah knowing, for sure. Knowing, knowing, there was nothing right there now. was nothing accidental in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I heard the sound. I'm like, that's I'm like, I'm like, that sound. Like that's yeah, that's ingrained in our I mean, that's ingrained in our heads. Like every every note of the of the score, everything, like it just it just brings it all back. And you yep. can point out, oh, that's a reference to that. That's a reference to that. And that's what a lot of critics were bitching about was that it was too much fan service. But that's what exact that that's exactly what we were expecting. This was what we so, wanted. It wasn't yeah. like did they think that this was going to be an all original movie with no callbacks at all? They wanted, they wanted a sequel to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, we need a tax write off. We need something that's not going to make any money. <sighs> we're going to do a sequel to the, we're going to do a sequel to the 2016 movie, but do it in the style of the Suicide Squad. So it definitely doesn't make any money. Said it. Said it. And I, I was a little coincidental that Muncher just had kind of happened to be in the uh, not yeah. to be at the factory, but I really didn't mind it. I did not. When they first showed him, they looked at him, and Amy's like, "Why does he look so old?" I'm like, "It's not Slimer." She's like, "Oh, it's not," because that's I mean, like in the in the trailer, that was kind of what I thought too. When I showed him, I'm like, "Why does Slimer look so old? Like Ghost on Age?" Yeah. But then, then they realized it's not Slimer. I'm like, "Ah, all right, I got gotcha. you." Uh, Eric, did you did they ha- did they make a monster figure? They did, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's the not from like the plasma series, but like um the um the fright feature line, the little things here. Look, oh, oh okay, here, see. Oh okay, cool. oh, nice. He's got like a he's got like a license plate and a stop sign in his belly. Oh nice, you know? nice. Yeah, so it, I mean it's kind of cool. I mean. Yeah, I uh, I just I'll- made some space on one of my shelves. I think I'm going to go after the. Uh, the four originals and then the, the three survivors from, from this movie. Oh yeah, I know I have all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna finally go after them. Yeah, I mean, and then the terror dog is really cool from this line, the one that builds from the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. new ones. You know, it's it's cool. Yeah, I, I wish I had gotten into them before because now now you can't find them anywhere. But there's probably probably get them online somewhere. For sure. And like this movie coming out, and this movie essentially, I mean, I'm going to call it a success because it's at 68 million right now. It costs 75 to make. Yeah. Like, with, yeah. like with the success of this, for someone like you, Eric, who is a big collector, especially for Ghostbusters merchandise and, um, and, and figures, like this is huge for you because it's like, you know, finally they're releasing more things and new, and new figures. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I had Dean go to Cinemark. Uh, yeah. To, to go get me like the the cups with the toppers and the 
you know, the the new bowl that they have where it's like a, it's one of the mini pups, you know, and he's holding a bowl. Um, you know, Which I, they I didn't have the day I saw it. I only saw the cups. Yeah. And then yeah, when I went no, back the next day, they had the, they had the popcorn bowl. So. And I, I got the one with the no ghost logo. I traded uh, one of the uh, Regal cups for that cup. So, oh, nice. and, and one of the ghost was a group. So it's, that worked out well. So, um, and then I got two of the uh, Ecto one popcorn holders, you know, from oh, the nice. nice. Yeah. Cherry Hill had, uh it's big i mean yeah imagine yeah, sitting it's, in it's, the theater with that thing full of popcorn on your lap i mean it's uh there's my foot i mean it's holy shit double, oh, it's shit. double my foot wow it's double it's double my foot i mean it's it's cool i mean it's i mean they, it's cheesy i mean they right right paint it they just you know air, like paint it brushed it but i mean i'm trying to get it out of the box as i'm struggling i mean they I crammed it in this box why'd you take your pants off because uh it's a it's a no pants it's a no pants party ah that's that's my that's my man but i mean <laughs> that does look pretty good though yeah yeah I mean, yeah it's, that's good the detail of it's pretty cool i mean then it has like uh flashing lights that's pretty cool i'm not gonna lie that's, that's yeah for, and for, how much did that run 34.99 that's not bad that's still no. yeah i mean and and the whole lid opens up i mean i don't know if you guys seen it or not but hold on what you get down but like, I mean, it's that's a good that's a good compartment. That's better than that fucking T Rex that I had. Yeah, I mean, from what people were saying in the Ghostbuster groups, they were saying that it holds half the bucket of a large popcorn, and then because hmm. you got a free large popcorn, it's it, so, so small. Well, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not bad. So basically, it's small. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, free, free and I got popcorn. two of them. Yeah. Um, but what irritated me was uh, AM, some AMC's were selling them to random people off the street that didn't even have a movie pass. Uh, hey, to be fair, when I went into Cinemark, that's what I did. Yeah, whatever. That's different. <laughs> but I did, I did want, I did see the movie the day before, so I could just been like, I yeah. didn't know you had them. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I had exactly. it saved in my my. I had a screenshot and then saved in my Apple Wallet, so I could have always shown the ticket from the day before. Yeah, but I mean, these things are selling for over hundred bucks on eBay now. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, where are we? Anyway, uh, so what did you guys think about the phone call to Ray that Phoebe did to Ray? It was that was nice. Yeah, I um, I wasn't I mean I wasn't expecting Ray to call you know to say that you got go to hell you know I was like I was yeah they called me by surprise. Um, but I mean it made sense you know the movie it played perfectly well into the story you know that Egon just disappeared on everybody you know and yeah and and the thing is some people were complaining that you know they were like well I don't like how they portrayed Egon as like someone who abandoned his friends and like his family and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you guys are missing the bigger picture. It's he was doing it to save the world. Like you got, you know, they, they gave up hope on him, you know, and he was, yeah, they did say in the movie that, uh, you know, like, believe him. Yeah. I mean, that's what Ray apologized for. You know, he said, Hey, I'm sorry for not believing, you know? Yeah. And, and Winston yeah, I mean, even said he wished he called more, you know, he just didn't. And you can, and you can kind of hear when, when Ray's telling that story, you can, you can kind of hear the heartbreak in his voice. Yeah, that you know, you know that they, um, you know, they essentially lost lost business because the, the the supernatural activity died down. Like he says, Venkman said we did our job too well. Yeah, I mean, so but that's the whole thing with the story. As though. going on with these, you know, we you know, we came in one day and then the, the the car was gone and the packs were gone. But you see, know, that's were, the thing is, like, I think people are missing with that story was you know that they don't realize is that like they explain it in the movie like all the years you know the. You know the one haunting here, and then the next, and then the next. You know, and then now Egon was just following it. You know, and people just 
I guess people don't realize that's what Yigong was doing. And, you know, it's, I don't know. Well, it's, it's not even like it's not spelled out. It's not even like it's hidden. It's just people are choosing to, it, it's like anything else. They're choosing to harp on the one thing that's just like, oh, I can't believe like, Egon would even yeah. do that. Like, but you're, you're literally missing all of it. Yeah, was, you're missing the bigger picture. And, and it was the same thing in No Time to Die when people were bitching about uh, Nomi taking uh, to taking or, or being dubbed 007 and Bond saying it's just a number. And people were like, oh, like why would Bond say that? It's like if you paid attention to like any yeah. of his body language, he was playing it off that it clearly does bother him, but he's not going to let anybody know that it bothers him. And then yeah. later in the movie, people she gives the number back to him and says, it's not just a number. People just don't know how to pick up on nuance. Yeah. yeah. But this is barely even nuance. They just said it like it was like it was written in credit and held up on the screen. Egon didn't abandon his family. He was trying to save the world. And people were just yeah. like, oh, lies. <laughs> yeah. Trevor, Phoebe, Lucky, and Podcast find a temple dedicated to Gozer inside the mine. They also find Evo Shandor and suspended animation and a device Egon set up to contain any potential incursion by Gozer whose escape attempts are causing the earthquakes. Gary and Callie are possessed by Gozer's minions Vince Clortho and Zul, the, the gatekeeper, respectively, and go to Shandor's mine. The Keymaster destroys Egon's containment system, allowing Gozer to manifest and Shandor to awaken. The former then kills the latter in a pretty comical scene, actually. Yeah. The kids discover Egon's plan to trap Gozer and donning the Ghostbusters jumpsuits, they enter the mine to enact it. Phoebe distracts Gozer and podcast traps Zul, freeing Callie and causing Gozer's form to falter. They flee the mine to Egon's farm, drawing Gozer there, but the trap fails and Gozer frees Zul. Zul possesses Lucky and Gozer is restored. So right here, what's that? Go ahead, no, go ahead. I was, so, was going to say, like, right here, the, the movie just kind of picks up. Like, we're right in the start of Act 3, and it picks up and doesn't drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were your guys' both opinions of what you, like, uh, comparing Gozer from the first one to the Gozer that we got now? Keeping in mind that technology in 84, what they did in 84 was phenomenal because it just, you know, the technology wasn't there. But what which one would you prefer, the original or the, what we got now? Um, I like the look of the temple. I like how the temple yeah. looked. This one, um, obviously, like you know, it wasn't the the, the technology wasn't there in, in eighty four, and that's not that's not yeah, like yeah, the best of what they had. But I like the way the temple looked here. Um, I thought Gozer looked great in both incarnations. I mean, it's Olivia Wilde, so I'm immediately like, hmm, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you're a god. Let's okay, let's see, let's see. But um, I also like that the trap that Egon had set up was just the, the, the four packs crossing the streams, like, set, like basically set on a timer. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> to, keep, to keep Gozer at bay. And that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, it was, I'm Sarah thinking about it. I'm like, God, like that's, that's fucking smart. Yeah. Like, that's genius. Um, like, I liked only, her look in this, like, though. All, like, I thought it was pretty Egon cool. Egon could come up with that. Yeah. I, def that I definitely enjoyed her look in this. Um, and I think they got somebody who, Definitely was able to pull off a, a look very similar to the original. I actually had to look it up. I didn't know the original actress has been dead for like 21 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it made sense to uh, made sense to not um, bring her back because she's, she's dead. 
Yeah, well, they could have, yeah. I guess, you know, but. All right, but, so uh, no, I like I like the way they I like the way they did it too. And I like how when um when they trapped uh what did they trap Zool? Yeah, they trapped Zool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like she was like kind of like uh phasing in and out, kind of. I yeah. thought that was a really cool effect. Yeah. The way they had it yeah. doing that. So. Yeah, that looked really good. Yeah. So like, actually, could, I forgot to ask. You couldn't do that in '84. <laughs> I forgot. No. To, I forgot to ask you guys in the beginning of the movie when you know clearly Egon has trapped either Zool or Vince Clortho. Um. What do you think was uh, chasing him in the beginning? Do you think that was Zool? Or, or, or I'm sorry, do you think that was Gozer? Or do you think that was the other uh, spirit? I think it was the other. Oh, no, it was the other spirit. It was yeah. the other spirit, yeah. Yeah, that's because they showed it. That's right. Yeah. My mistake. It away. My mistake. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> we'll, we'll strike that from the record. All right. So as I, like, as I was saying, like, I think, I think the, I... Oh, there he is. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just ghosted. Hi, uh, George. Just ghosted. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Looks like uh, Gozer came yet? calling. <laughs> no, he's not back yet. No. No. Oh, well. He just got oh, ghosted. It happens every show. Every show. Every show. There he is. There he is. Back. Whole time. Yeah, you did. It's all right. It's all right. I was close. I got close. I, almost. As I'm saying, I think the, I think the, the spirit that Egon had capture was Vince Clortho because right before he goes, there's a fog that shows up behind him. Yep. And before Callie goes down, there's a fog that comes down the, uh, mm. that comes down the pole and she's True. clearly taken right. by. So that's why I think the one in the trap was Vince Clortho. That makes just sense. like little, just like the, just like the little hint like that. I mean, it, it very well could have been one or the other, but yeah. we didn't get that from the other one. He's in Walmart eating uh, dog food. Nice little call back to maybe I got a milk bone. That made yeah. me laugh though. He was, yeah, oh, dude, that's so hard. Yeah. And then I even laughed even harder when he threw the uh, the ice cream at him. I thought that was even better. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> Baskin Robbins. That's all yeah. there, not lying. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like, yeah, I got you. I I got, I got you, Paul Rudd. And, was, and him, he he made the dog for me. He was, just had his head in the bag. I'm sort of looking. I'm like, look at this dope. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like any, uh, just like any dog who's just like, hey, this bag's open. No mind if I do. And it almost seemed like the little uh the little stay pups were letting Vince Clothon know it's like, hey, got one, come get yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> what did you I the, the mini stay pups when I first saw the trailer, uh, or when I first saw the clip of them when it was released before the movie, I kind of rolled my eyes with I was like, ah, oh, like here we go, like another cute thing to bring, you know, to to sell toys or about as i'm watching the scene i'm like this is fucking hilarious yeah like, i mean like, I, I, thought this, I, like, like, I thought it was great and then just basically like killing each other and laughing about it it was just it was hilarious to me like when they were uh inside the blender and like skewering two of them to put over the grill and the ones walking across the flaming grill and just as it uh goes down gives the thumbs up like uh terminator and terminator 2 so technically got our t2 in there dean yeah <laughs> i liked when they, he was in the blender and then uh after it got blended up it opened its eyes and smiled yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh my god like i was like i thought i was just gonna be like oh this is cheesy but then watching i'm like this is actually really good and really well done really enjoyed it i thought it was mm -hmm. i thought it was amazing yeah me too uh i also like how paul rudd never fixed a windshield on his car <laughs> yeah. 
I love when he's driving in. He's just picking the glass on. He's like throwing it away. Like, ah. He's like, "What? Like you didn't know your window was broken?" <laughs> and then he's like slid through the hood and into the car. Like that. That was really good. Yeah. And then yeah, obviously, as things happen, uh, and and Callie going down as well. I mean, that was you know she finally saw that she you know. Whereas Egon did abandon his family, he never stopped caring for her and had all these pictures. We got. Oh, wait, got, at you, because you're roboting like crazy. Oh. Uh, Egon never <laughs> abandoned his family. Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> did you go running? But yeah, like she finally gets kind of that closure with him, like now, oh, he does care. And then yeah. 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 I mean, I like uh the one thing I was a little shocked Wow. Back to real uh I never left. I'm still here. Uh, I'm you're very robotic. You're very like yeah, I do things I done running. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Eric, you were saying something before I uh turned it into Robocop. I, yeah. Uh no, I like and I like how uh I like how Egon didn't uh go away with all the other uh ghosts and everything at the end. He kind of just uh just evaporated you know and mm. it was it was kind of refreshing like i wonder if um you know like that's just their way of saying that like you know you know he's always loved and that that was the best way to go that because that he's always going to be there regardless of you know what's going on you know i kind of took it as um that he uh you know he his soul can rest yeah know? and yeah. so he kind of yeah. he was able to he he doesn't have to worry that uh you know, the family and, you know, the, the world isn't going to end, you know? Yeah. yeah. He had unfinished business and now it's resolved. Yeah. 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 All right. I also thought it was really easy how, how Zool was just captured, like the, just the trap there and then opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, but then uh, as I'm starting to think about it, I was like, yeah, the, the streams are really just to kind of hold the ghosts in place and the trap does all the work. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I, I did like the, uh, of town calling him the dirt farmer though i did mm-hmm. really like that i thought yeah, that was hilarious like... throughout the whole movie yeah i thought that was hilarious the whole movie <laughs> ray arrives with peter venkman and winston zedmore to aid the spanglers and their friends but gozer overpowers them by uncrossing their proton streams phoebe battles gozer herself and egon's ghost materializes beside his granddaughter to help Phoebe and the Ghostbusters restrain Gozer while Trevor charges the trap with his proton pack, and the traps are triggered, capturing Gozer and its minions within them. Egon reconciles with his family and friends before vanishing into the afterlife. After getting acquainted with the group, the surviving original Ghostbusters return to New York City with Ecto-1 and the equipment. But is, is, I mean, I don't know if that's... that's essentially I, don't, the I mean, uh, it's it's... I don't know if it's the original Ghostbusters go back to New York City with the stuff. I think it's just Winston that goes back. You know, I think Peter goes back to doing the professor stuff at the at the college, and I think Winston. I mean, I think Ray just goes back and you know does what Ray was doing, working the the store, and because um, 
I don't know if you guys read or anything, but uh, Dan Aykroyd did an interview, uh, you know, not long after Afterlife came out, and they kind of asked a series of questions, and one of them says, you know, like, what, you know, where do you see your character going from here? Um, and he said he would like to die in the next one, you know, maybe show off him and Bill dying in the next two, or, um, you know, maybe just have them live on forever in some sort of aspect. But he said mm. he would he'd totally be okay with his character dying off in the next mm. film or whatever. Um, but so, I mean, and that's why it makes me wonder, like, you know, is Dan just tired of being, you know, just because he's getting older? Yeah. You know, is he just tired of it all or what? I, I don't know. But I just thought that was an interesting take on it, you know, with them giving it to Winston. And I'm kind of glad they give it to Winston because well, I mean, most, most, most Ghostbusters fans don't give Winston enough credit, you know? Yeah. I mean, di- I mean, di- with, with this movie, Dan Aykroyd essentially got the closure that he wanted from these exactly. movies. Exactly. You know, he wanted to do a third movie for, you know, 30 years. And he yeah, finally like a, got yeah. one out of. Yeah. So now it's that- not like... I can rest easy. Kill me in the next one. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that 2016 I think, abomination I think, was a I think went back to New York because that's where his. Oh no, he went. definitely did. Yeah, no, he definitely yeah, did. So but I don't think he went back went, all that stuff. I'm sure they all still live in New York. I would imagine that Peter is living in uh, in Dana's apartment from part two. <laughs> what? what yeah. One could only assume. I just want to know where Oscar I mean, is. That's what I, I mean. I mean, let's be honest. He's a, he's a t- he's a teacher at a college. He ain't making much money anyway, so <laughs> he's definitely living off of her orchestra money. Um, I mean, everything about this final like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, it was. I mean, we we've already talked about it in the beginning, but it it pulled on every single heartstring and it nailed everything right, like like right to a T. Yeah, I mean, and when Ray walks, you know, before you even see them, you know, you hear Ray start, you know, his speech, and then it's just like, yeah. you know, and it's like it just brings you back to the first one. And then I like the, you know, what Peter did, you know, and his lines, and just having the banter with Gozer, and you know, I just thought it was perfect. And then like it Winston trying to sneak up the gun, <laughs> and then like Winston trying to sneak the, uh, you know, his proton up, and then you know, it was just it, it the whole that whole final scene with those three was just very reminiscent of the first one you know and it was just very well done like after uh, after winston gets stopped and and, and uh, peter's just like well it was a good try <laughs> yeah yeah like, he's like hey you try so. and then after ray does his speech and then peter's just like bravo <laughs> yeah all right here we go again and then once again the uh, the are you a god question and he's and he waffles on it again they're like we're all gods <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Like, he's stop like, like, yeah. Another <laughs> he's like yeah no we're we're all god got it right come on say it <laughs> yeah uh, i was waiting for that too like if, we, if they get the are you a god question again are they going to answer it the right th- way this time yeah he's still waffled on it which is great yeah he's like it's like i'm trying to be honest but i want to win this fight <laughs> and one of the and i i one of the kind of the one of the moments of levity in that you know where we're all you know weeping because it's such a touching moment is when uh is when peter goes over and he's talking to callie and he's like he's like oh hi, what's your name? I, I, i'm sitting there, i'm like he's literally gonna hit on egon's daughter isn't he <laughs> i like how he's like you know spangler Ooh, like, that's, oh, the, that's the top of the liver callie spangler he's like oh i'm a callie spangler he's like oh good luck with that name yeah he's like, yeah Come inside. We're all gonna have hot cocoa. Some of us are gonna have rum in it. <laughs> that was great. I thought that was, but that's like typical Peter. Though. That was great. I thought that was mm-hmm. like a great co- comedic line. Yeah, it's like he hadn't missed a, a beat. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I assume they didn't write anything for him and just let him say whatever the hell he wanted. 
Oh, that's yeah, most likely. I'm pretty sure that's probably how that went down. I wonder if they did the same thing for Paul Rudd because he's got kind of that same comedic timing as Bill O'Malley. So I wonder if he had lived some stuff too. I agree. Yeah, yeah, most likely he I probably robot- did. Yes, you did. did. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was quite common. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, insane, insane. In a mid-credit sequence, Venkman and Dana Barrett play with Venkman's ESP cards and shock machine, while a post-credit scene reveals Winston as a wealthy family man who uses his resources to maintain the Ghostbusters properties. He has the Ecto-1 completely restored and placed in the old firehouse. In a final shot, a warning light is shown blinking on the firehouse's Ecto-containment unit. So maybe that'll be our start to this next movie, is that the containment uh, unit is... Failed. It's failing. Fa- yeah, maybe. And that the ghosts yeah. are, be- are going to be re-released into New York, and they're going to need the Ghostbusters again. And I know people were some people were like upset that like you know Slimer wasn't in it and stuff like that. But I was actually very pleasantly surprised that Slimer wasn't in it. You know, I feel like I feel like as much as a Ghostbuster not that I am, and I love Slimer to death, but I feel like this it was great not having him in this movie. Yeah, I feel like next one. you need this. Yeah, you need to save something. For the next one, like I think you said earlier, Dean, you know, it'd be great if they get Rick Moranis to come back. So if you can give me Rick Moranis and Slimer in the next one, because they had that cool little like uh incident on the bus in Ghostbusters 2. Remember, we're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping it's something like that. That'd be kind of neat, you know. Yeah, you know, for me, I I would love to see them do like a like a whole trilogy of new films. But if we just if we just get one more, I I'd be happy, you know. Yeah, Um, me too. Yeah, even if it's just one more, uh. I'd be completely happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's Jason Reitman still. I mean, I hope the Reitmans are involved with the project. Oh, know, I'm sure. I, I'm I, sure I they will. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't see. I can't see Sony fucking up twice. It is Sony. It is Sony. Like I said to, uh, like I said to George and Chris on our other podcast last night. I said, as long as Sony doesn't follow the models of. You know, now they have their. We'll, you know, I'll make the comparison again. They have their Force Awakens or their Jurassic World. Don't yeah. follow in the footsteps of those franchises and make a Jurassic World Dominion or Ugh. make it make the Last Jedi, which is very divisive because there are people who love the Last Jedi and there are people who hate yeah. the Last Jedi. You know, I've I'm come around. I've come around yeah. to it. Um, I, I don't love it still, but it's a divisive movie, and I don't want to see that yeah. happen with. Ghostbusters again you know I mean this is overall now I mean in the original timeline you have the first movie which is beloved by fans the second movie which is liked by I've never heard anybody say it's a bad movie it's just not as good as the first one you know overall most most of if not all Ghostbusters fans enjoy the second one um now you have this third one which um I think fans of the franchise like real love people who love this franchise um probably love this movie so yeah I mean, I'm in like almost every, I'm like in every like Ghostbuster fan page, you know, like, like it's almost overwhelming. Everyone loves the movie. There's maybe like, I would say like a handful of people that were, they had their issues with it and that it's justified, you know, but at least they back it up with their, their, their facts or their, their opinions on it. And, but I would say it's probably, you know, 5%, you know, that, that don't like it or have maybe not, maybe not, not like it, but they aren't a hundred percent sold on it. Yeah. So, um, with that, with, uh, the review's done with. So, boys, what's your favorite scenes from the movie? What your, your favorite scene? No, it's not scenes. Go ahead, Eric, George. Eric, 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 yeah, go ahead, Eric. 
um so my, i i really had like uh it was probably like two or three that were really like my favorites it's hard to really like pick a couple you know pick one um you know my, the one that really sticks out to me first that really hits me is the opening scene um because it, it gives you that closure uh of what happens to egon you know and then it builds to the movie and then it's the scene where um you see gozer for the first time and then you know she comes up and she starts telling those really bad jokes to distract gozer you know to so they can capture you know and separate her from herself mm-hmm. and then that final scene of you know egon coming up along beside her and helping her and then you get the original ghostbusters as well yeah you know that was the three for me that really really sold it for me and those were my favorites from that movie yeah my, my favorite scene for the movie is definitely the ending um i i enjoyed the ending itself but when the when those three when they when the original three show up and then you see Egon's ghost. I mean, you get that emotional reaction from me of all people. It's like, yeah, that's, that's my favorite part of the movie. It's it, it yeah. per, it literally perfection right there. So yeah. George. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's actually when all four of them are side by side. Yeah. And the yeah. others are going over at Egon and Peter kind of does like a double take, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Don't uh it's the it's actually tie it's that and then and when uh egon's ghost um uh reconciles with his family because that mm-hmm. that that hits like that yeah. really hits. Sure. because we all have um we all have like that one family member that we wish we could see one more time or get like one more final hug and it it just it and like that's what kind of killed me on it i was like god damn it mm-hmm. yeah like, like it, yeah it, it, you guys have a least uh, favorite scene? I don't. Um, I really don't. No, I mean, if you know, if I'm really gonna think about it, I don't think I really do. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's really any bad scenes in the movie. Hmm. I think the date scene might have dragged on a little bit, but not enough for me to be like, "Fuck this." Oh, I thought that yeah, was funny. See, I, yeah, I thought the date scene was <laughs> yeah. funny. I think if I think if anything, the only part that was maybe a little like off for me was when like. Like she bit the flower, but other than that, but I get that it was part of the joke, and I and I get it. So I mean, it kind of worked, but that was just like maybe when she ripped that her outfit off and she had the dress of, you know, Dana on, but it was just like I don't know. Um, so Eric, what do you give it out of ten? Uh, I give it a nine point five out of ten. That's my grade too. Uh, George, yeah. over yours. Same. Yeah, I, I give it a nine and a half just because. Um, after the opening scene with Egon, it's just a little, it's not bad, but it's just, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get moving. So correct. Um, yeah. That, n- nothing, that nothing like, logic. nothing like hardcore to complain about, but it did start a little slow, but, but yeah, once nine and it a half. Moving, yeah. it's, it's on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. hundred so, percent agree. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, George, unless you got something else to add, Eric, or you got something else to add. I think that's, I think we wrapped this up. Uh, uh, only other than the fact that, that uh, uh, why is Josh Gad voicing Muncher? I, I oh, like I saw that. Yeah. I, I just, I, I feel like doesn't this guy voice enough shit? Yeah, why isn't it Bill Hader? He does. It's either Josh yeah. Gad or Bill Hader doing. I should have been. <laughs> yeah, Bill Hader. I would prefer that. So, but um, but. you know, with that being said, everybody, Eric, thanks for being on, man. It was great. Yeah, thanks for um, having me, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, good way to close out the the Ghostbusters franchise at the, at the moment. You know, before we get any uh new movies, obviously. So um. With that being said, everybody, we'll see you in a few days for episode 100. We're doing the Empire Strikes Back. And um, we'll see you then. So uh, 
I've been Dean Holtzaffel. I'm still George Rogers, and we'll see you in the multiverse. Uh, beep, boop, beep. <laughs>